Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every Every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour 2, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley. For the next two hours, we will be with you on Stadium. You can go to watchstadium.com. Check us out up until 6 o'clock Eastern time. Our pal Noops is going to join us 5 o'clock Eastern to talk some NBA. We're going to continue breaking down college basketball and looking at Lockentology. Some football news, however, from Mike Garofolo reporting the commanders are releasing tight end Logan Thomas. Sources say Thomas was due $6.5 million this upcoming season, including a 500000 roster bonus later this month. But the commanders are deciding to release the tight end. So there's some football news for you. Ken and I, you can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. Also on twitch.tv slash BeckQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. And you can listen to us for free on the Odyssey app. Ken, before we went to break, I wanted to get your thoughts on Tennessee. I think they are a really interesting team. Because personally, I feel like I'm falling into the trap, Ken. I really do. I've watched Tennessee play a lot this year. That defense is still really, really good. Offensively, it feels different, and it feels different because of Dalton Connect. The big elephant, though, in the room is Rick Barnes as their head coach. And also, it's like, see, the beauty of college basketball and the beauty of March Madness is it feels like the perception around teams and who's like the trendy team, it changes like week to week, right? One week it's Iowa State, the next week it's Kentucky, the next week it's Purdue, and now it feels like there's really a ton of love for Tennessee. What are your thoughts on the Vols? And, I mean, why do you think it is that people, it seems like, are really high on this team, even though Rick Barnes has been terrible coaching the tournament? And, you know, we really don't talk that way about Purdue, kind of, because our feel with them is Matt Painter and how he does in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think for, like, the the seasoned college basketball fan, like, they're going to group Barnes and Painter together as just, like, two teams, two coaches that they don't want to bet on in the tournament. But, yeah, like, it's it's funny. Like, Nick, who obviously is normally hosting, 
I, I usually gauge how like the casual college basketball fan feels by what he's like dying to talk about the day that he comes on because it's like whatever we watched the night before or whatever the past couple of games are. And we literally did a segment yesterday where he's like, should we be considering Tennessee as like this team that could win the national championship? And so it's to, perfectly to your point, PJ. And it's not like that's not dumb or wrong or whatever. It's just a sign of what's happened recently. That's all it is. And to your point, like that is happening with Tennessee. I said the same thing yesterday. That I'll just say now really quick with them. And we, I guess we should say for people that are watching on stadium, we're going to put some pretty crazy looking brackets on the screen for the next couple hours. These are like my simulated tournament results. So like what seeds would be, um, you know, as, as we're going to talk about Tennessee, they're the two in this fake region that we made. I promise you have not missed selection Sunday. This is not the NCAA tournament. Um, and Tennessee is the two in this fictional region that we've made up, which is why we're having this conversation. Uh, they are, I think they're capped ceiling wise. And uh, I, I'll say that about a lot of teams. I think I've said it about a few that we've done already. The They can win four, but not six. To me, Tennessee's there too. Make connect can be the difference maker for how I'm wrong. If he's just better than I think, better than kind of the other people that I talk to that like evaluate talent think. Um, maybe he's like that. Maybe he's like Carmelo Anthony or something would be, I guess, a good comp for a team that could take a, a, a player rather that could take a team that had never had any success in the tournament with a specific coach, like winning a title and then take them there. So Carmelo Anthony did with Syracuse who had come close a couple times, but never won it. Um, that's possible. But like my whole thing is like, if that's what you're banking on, then I'd bank on something else. Cause it's more likely something else is going to happen. And that's what Tennessee feels to me. Just not, not, they're not like there are some teams that are not remotely talented enough to go far, like win the title. They could win four, but they can never win six. Like, you know, BYU, really good example, like a team that's going to be a pretty high seat. Like it's just it's not good enough. Like it's just not good enough. Right. It's good enough to win four. It's good enough to have a great tournament. But like we're talking about winner. It's not BYU. I don't think it's Creighton. Like, I don't think it's Alabama, which we talked about already. I don't think it's Auburn. I don't think it's Iowa State. Like, winner. Not win four games. Not like we're all talking about you for a while. And Tennessee, I think, is, again, they're in that group, and I don't think they can permeate the second group necessarily. But they're, the of all those teams I just mentioned, they're the closest to, like, well, I could be wrong. I just don't think I am. Whereas some of these other, Iowa State, these other teams, I'm like, nah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Like, I kind of think I'm right about this. And Tennessee's that one that they're kind of bridging the two groups of teams you got your your super talented winners you've got UConn and you've got Houston and you've got Arizona and to a certain extent you have Purdue although I think they exist kind of in a weird gray area too and then you've kind of got like your talented teams that need to play up profile wise Duke Carolina teams like that where the talent is not in question it's just like how how are you playing the season then you've got Tennessee Tennessee's almost this is not a perfect comp because they've got connect and and this team doesn't have a guy like that. They they're a little Creighton-ish to me. We're like, man, that team's really good, but like you're you're starting like non-NBA five guys who yeah. are just really good. <laughs> like you're just like you're just really good. You're just really good. And that's okay. It's like good to be really good. Like I, you know, a lot of teams would love to be Creighton and would love to be Tennessee. And they kind of exist as this some order second level team which for me would be like not a bet to ever win. And I said this yesterday, Tennessee's being priced like they're the fifth most likely team to win. And so that they can never be a bet for me if that's the case, because the market is has them really, really, really rated highly. And uh, and I don't have them rated as highly. 
Ken, before we move on to the next uh, the next region, let's talk about Connecticut. Last time we were doing Locketology a couple weeks ago, we were talking about teams that could win it all. Mark, Connecticut was coming fresh off of that huge win against uh, Marquette, and we were just, you know, we were trying to figure out, like, is there anybody that can beat this team? Is there anybody that can hang with UConn? And obviously since then they've lost to Creighton, so we have seen them getting beat seen them getting bad, beat badly. They're still the favorite, however. They've bounced back nicely since then from that loss. I thought something that you really said that, that stuck with me from last time was you can't get worse from the previous year and win the tournament. It just doesn't happen. And obviously, Connecticut won it all last year. So with that loss to Creighton, did that change anything with how you feel about UConn for you? Are they still clearly the team to beat at this point as uh as we're here on march 1st yeah i think so which i know is no fun you know if you want to bet into this market like you you want me to say no like you want me to say like fade them bet bet these hundred to ones and we all get rich it just doesn't this late in the season it it usually just doesn't go that way and even uconn last year you know because you'd be like well uconn last year was like 25 to 1 30 to 1 be like yeah that's like as good as it ever gets and they were like fifth in Ken Palm entering the tournament or something, some preposterously high number. So like that's, I mean, that's not even an underdog. That's not even a long shot. It's like the fifth ranked team in the country won the tournament, something like that. Uh, last year, they were fourth entering the tournament in efficiency margin. So just, I mean, really like one of the best teams did win last year, even if they're a four seed and the price was a little longer. Um, they still one of the best teams won. The Creighton loss to your question, like, I mean, it, it hurts as much as a loss can hurt. But, you know, responded and like beat, like blew out Villanova the following weekend. And, and you know, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, yeah, what I said last week, too, like they're just they're on more of a knife edge because I'm going to compare them to last year's team when I make a decision about whether to bet them or not. And if they pass this test of like playing through the regular season in the Big East tournament and they are able to put together a profile that's as good or better than last year's team, then I'm then I'm in. And Florida, this was the same thing when they won back to back. Like you don't like the the team you field can't be a worse version than last year's, and you just win. Um, there's just the history bears that out. You have to at least be as good as you were the previous year to win the NCAA tournament as a rule. And UConn's they're doing it right now. They are just as good, if not better, than they were last year. The players have, have changed, <laughs> but uh, but the NBA talent is still there. The depth is still there. The performance is still there. So for now, all good. Um, but you know if we get Uh, They got a really, really interesting rematch game with Marquette coming up pretty soon where Marquette's going to be like probably hoping that it goes a lot better than the game uh, in, I guess I was in Hartford when they played uh, a couple weeks ago. So like there's ways it can still go down for them. But for, yeah, for me, it's like entering, if it looked like it looks right now, entering the tournament, everything, like let's say we just started the NCAA tournament tomorrow, which would be amazing for a lot of reasons. Then yeah, UConn would be the most likely team to win for me by a pretty good margin with Houston and Arizona kind of alongside them, but not quite as good. And again, like that really closely mirrors the market that even the one that you see on the screen right now, if you're watching on stadium, like the market kind of has that that way too. So it doesn't, it doesn't make it the best look there. There'll be a lot of games to bet regions. We don't know what the paths are going to be. Things can get shaken up here, but just like this isn't, this isn't great right now. (laughs) Like the way this is, the way this is going, you almost would want, You'd want UConn to stumble a little. Like it's almost like what creates a betting opportunity. 
people got to get off some of these teams. Like something's got to like Arizona's got to take a dive here a little bit almost to use like a boxing term. Like they got to phantom punch. Like let's lose it. Let's drop a couple and uh, and get people off this. So the price is still good. Um, just like that. That's kind of where I'm at with UConn right now. Do you uh, we can Mike, you can put the region back up on the screen for a second. You want to before we move on to the second region, you want to like like who would you have UConn winning this region like before we move I on would. to the second one? I would, yeah. I, I actually think their toughest game would come against Michigan State in the round of 32. I, yeah. I think that game would be really tough. But, Ken, let me tell you, Michigan State could definitely lose to Oklahoma. I mean, they they certainly could. Um, but, yeah, that, that round of 32 game. Remember, when Villanova was trying to repeat, they went up against Wisconsin with Nigel Hayes and some guys that have been there a while. They lost that round of 32 game. A lot of times for that one seed, sometimes that round of 32, first game of the Sweet 16, those are usually kind of the games where the one seeds might be their most vulnerable. So that would be tough. But, yeah, I mean, getting Wisconsin at Auburn is a 4-5 is a good draw. Obviously, Bamba the three that we talked about. I thought what you said about Gonzaga was was really interesting, and, and I do agree with you. Man, if this was the draw that they get, Washington State is the six, Bama is the three, and then, you know, Tennessee potentially is a two, I think they'll uh, they'll feel good. But, yes, I, uh, I'm with you. UConn would be in my final four as well. Moving over to intersection of sports and pop culture, Arizona <laughs> that's your favorite one. is the that's your favorite region. The favorite intersection one. of sports and pop culture, yeah, that's where everybody sure wants is. to be. Yeah, IOSAPC. That's exactly right. Uh, so Arizona is <laughs> the one seed in this region going up against the winner of Eastern Kentucky or Grambling. We have Northwestern and Texas in the eight nine game. Dayton, who's having a really good year, as Ken mentioned at the top of the show, they're the five seed against Will Wade and McNeese State. Illinois would be the four against Akron in a 4-13 game, which would be a really cool game because the head coach of Akron used to coach at Illinois. John Gross would be really cool. South Carolina is having an awesome year under their first-year head coach, Lamont Paris. They're the sixth against Ken's Richmond Spiders in the 11. Baylor is the three against High Point, the 14. Colorado State, the seven against Virginia, the 10, and then the Kansas Jayhawks would be the two seed in this region going up against Colgate. Uh, Ken, let's start with Arizona. Let's start with the one seed because last time we were doing the show, you said there were two teams at this point in, at that point in time that, that you liked, that you thought had a chance to win it all. UConn was one of those teams. Arizona was another one of those teams. When you were comparing Tennessee to Creighton uh, a, a couple minutes ago, I, I totally loved what you were saying about, like, there's just something that, like, kind of holds you back with those teams. That's how I feel with Arizona. Like, the metrics look good. Last, you know, when we were talking about it last time, everything you talked about with Caleb Love, it was so true. Their backcourt's great. Defense is good. Dominant big man. Um, Tommy Lloyd obviously stumbled last year in the tournament, losing to a 15 seed. But there's a lot to like with Arizona. It's just like I, there, there's something. There's something missing when I watch Arizona play. And I just – you can't quite put your finger on it, but it's like – the games that you feel like they should roll and kind of dominate, they don't. And, like, it's it's almost like you want them to fill. It's like the metrics have them as a really good team, but then you watch them and it's like you don't feel like kind of the team you see matches up with the metrics that are on a sheet of paper. So, for me, I certainly think Arizona is vulnerable. With that being said, I mean, getting Kansas as a two seed is is a huge deal for them. So, that helps. I think the five, the six, like there's some weak seeds in here, Ken, like South Carolina, 
Dayton, Colorado State, teams I'm really not high on. So I think the path is good for Arizona. Um, I don't know if they would be my final four pick. I might like somebody else. Um, but real quick, in about 30 seconds before we go to break, just your your initial thoughts on kind of Arizona at this point. Yeah, so in Arizona in this region, to your point, I think the point I'd make, like if you can, people can see the region on their screen, we just talked about UConn's region, and you, you heard yeah. the same point in both of them, which was just, man, like, look at their path. And what this speaks to is just the middle seeds, the twos, threes, fours, fives, like, this is what we have this year, a bunch of really undesirable twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes, which is why everybody is just hyper-focused on these ones and thinks the winner is going to come from that group. And I'm no different. Like, you give me the ones versus the field, I would almost never take the ones most years. And I'm, I would take them in spades this year. I would only be that in the ones. Very interesting. We'll break down Arizona. We'll break down a couple of the top seeds in the Big 12, Kansas Baylor, get to Illinois as well. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Be right back. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> On the BetQL Network.